0: Get ready to grip it and rip it.
1: All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting.
2: Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf show. That's right, golfers listen because we speak their language every Sunday right here on Tea to Green, the golf show. And we do it 52 weeks a year. Come rain or shine. I'm Jay Ritchie along with Jerry Evans. Scott Cuddy is in master control. Hello to all, and happy Halloween. Like ghost stories? Well, who doesn't? I know you're probably saying, I like ghost stories, but Jay, what does that have to do with golf? You'll be surprised to learn how many golf courses around the world are haunted. Not just 18-hole courses or 9-hole tracks, but miniature golf courses, even disc golf courses courses. Anthony Piappi, who wrote a book called Haunted Golf, will be here today with some golf ghost stories for you here on TD Green. Up first, the world's premier sports psychologist will be here to talk about his life and career and his new book talking about Dr. Bob Rotella. He's worked with everyone from LeBron James to Gary Player to Rory McIlroy. His latest book is called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot, and he'll be on to talk about that book and, as I said, his life and his career as well. No No tricks, but hopefully we've got a nice treat for you on today's special Halloween home edition of Tea to green jay richie along with jerry evans we even have roscoe the rock star dog with us today and hope everyone has a happy and safe halloween
3: it's early sunday morning the sun is coming up i'm on the t at seven i'm here to try my luck they say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot
4: Though the bunkers look like beaches and the
3: greens like walking lots Oh, Lord, what am I gonna do? Help me keep my head down, save me from those double bogey blues
2: this is America's longest running network radio golf show. It's T Green. Check out our website, tdegreenradio.com, and like us on Facebook too. Jay Richie, Jerry Evans, and Teeing It Up with Dr. Bob Rotella next here on T Green.
1: Hello. You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo! I bet that would scare the heck out of you. <laughs> But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars hauling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra $600, you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. That's 800-760-1845.
4: Angie's List is now Angie, and getting
0: your to-do list done just got easier. Between back to school and with the holidays around the corner, it can feel like there's no time to tackle home projects. Whether you need help with emergency repairs or major upgrades, Angie matches you with top local pros who can get the job done right. Browse reviews, see upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects save time for what matters most. Book your next project at Angie.com.
4: That's A-N-G-I.com.
2: News, interviews, and lots of fun for everyone interested in golf. That's what we do every Sunday right here on t to grain the golf show. Great to be back with you. And happy Halloween, everyone. How you doing, Jerry? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I got a little scared there. You going trick-or-treating later?
5: Well, yeah, I'm going to go dressed as myself. I think that's the scariest costume I can put on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott Cuddy's in master control. We've got a special Halloween edition of the big show for you later in the hour. We're going to talk about haunted golf courses.
5: Now, that's something I've always wondered about, I guess. Well, maybe not all that much, but... <sighs> How do you hunt a golf course? You'll be surprised. All right. We'll
2: Anthony Piappi, who wrote a book called Haunted Golf, will be on later in the hour. Our first guest, we talked to Dr. Bob Rotella and recorded this interview about uh, three weeks ago now. We've been saving it. Uh, it's going to be a two-parter. Dr. Bob Rotella, the world's premier sports psychologist, he's worked with everybody, and he's done it for the past couple of decades he's written numerous books on the topic his first one golf is not a game of perfect really kind of put him on the map his latest is called make your next shot your best shot and let's get right to the interview with dr bob rotella
3: we're talking to dr bob rotella today i'm trying to think how to get into the segment with you and i guess maybe the best way to do it is just go back how long has it been now since uh, i guess the The thing that kind of started it for you was the book Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. When was that? When did that all begin for you?
4: The the book came out probably 15, 20 years ago, but I I got started. I was doing a talk for basketball coaches in Madison Square Garden, and someone from Golf Digest magazine was there, and they invited me to go give a talk to uh, the Golf Digest Advisory Board, which was Sam Snead. Gary Middlecoff, Paul Runyon, Bob Tosky, Jim Flick, and Davis Lowe. And that went great, and they enjoyed it, and they basically started having me work with some of their tour players, and everybody I worked with started winning tournaments, and that kind of led to word of mouth and uh, ended up spending a lot of my life with golf. I mean, I still spend a lot of time with basketball and baseball and football, but, I mean, golf is probably – More people buy golf books than any other sport books. (laughs) Like my basketball coach buddies tell me they write a book on basketball, and if they sell 5,000, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, some of it is just people love to read golf books, and there's a market for it.
3: So were you a a golfer? Did you know a lot about golf and, and the way golfers should think before you got into that?
4: No, I, would, I caddied as a kid. I played basketball and lacrosse in college. I really just knew a lot about sport performance psychology and started talking to golfers. And over time, you start learning a lot about golf, and you learn more and more, and you get better and better at it. But, no, I, I never would have guessed that I would be spending my life working with golf. I, I did have the good fortune as a kid of caddying a lot for Bobby Locke, who won four British Opens. His wife was from my hometown, a small town in Vermont, Rutland, Vermont. So I had some exposure to a great player early in life. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that worked out. But, I mean, I, I, I coached at the University of Connecticut and I coached at the University of Virginia. So I was always interested in performance psychology. And I had a cousin who was a great high school football coach in Staten Island, New York, who was Lombardi's best friend. So I started hearing about attitude and sport performance at a very young age. Um, So, you know, I I probably had a lot of things fall in place that helped me.
3: Yeah, attitudes and the the mental aspect, important in all sports, but have you found that maybe of all the sports that are out there, it's the most important in golf?
4: Well, the reason it's the most important is, number one, because you're on your own and it's your score, and your name that goes next to it, and there isn't any teammate to help you out on a bad day, so you have to be able to deal with making mistakes and still score anyways. Um, you better be able to, to to win ugly as well as win pretty if you want to play golf. I think the other reason is it gives you a lot of time to think. Goes over four days, you know, like in a lot of other sports, like you have maybe 15 minutes at halftime where you can start thinking. In golf, you have to sleep on it. And I think the other thing is you play everybody. You know, like like if you're a great bat, like when I was growing up, the Celtics and the Lakers were the best teams, and they'd maybe play each other eight, ten times a year. They had a lot of games where even if they were half their best, they might be able to win. In golf, you're playing everybody every time you tee it up. So it's, it's a heck of a game. And the fact that you have a lot of time to think when it's your turn – causes a lot of people to start overthinking and it's because so many books have been written about the golf swing it's really easy to start overthinking and get you know kind of paralyzed and so I mean a lot of it is getting amateur golfers to understand the biggest thing they can learn from tour pros is that you can at least think like tour players I mean there's no reason you can't have as clear a mind the only difference is your ball might not go where you're looking as often as a tour player does but Even tour players miss a lot of shots. And the bottom line is you better get your mind into laser vision uh, like you're in a tunnel. Nothing in the world exists but where you want the ball to go when you stand over a golf shot. I mean, that's where you have to get to. And I want people to be very athletic and basically unconsciously react to what they're looking at.
3: Let's talk about that, the connection between physical and mental. It's always been there, but when you first started – Were people not really in tune with
4: that? You know, it's an interesting question that comes up a lot. And I would say I think athletes have always known and coaches have always known that the mind played a really important part of the sport. I mean, if you went back in time to Vince Lombardi in football, Bear Bryant in football, John Wooden in basketball, Red Auerbach in in basketball, just to use those examples, I mean – so much of what we heard about them is about psychology and how they got people's heads in the right place. And they got people to believe in themselves. So, I mean, confidence ends up playing a very important role in the game of golf. I mean, you know, a lot of it is how good do you think you are? How low do you think you can shoot? Can you believe you can win? Do you believe you can win a major? And it really shows up because golf is a very honest game. And, With a lot of my players, we approach it as if the golf ball knows what you're thinking. So, you know, if you're thinking about it going down the middle, you've greatly increased the chances of it going down the middle. If you're thinking about it going out of bounds, you've greatly increased the chance of it going out of bounds no matter how good your swing is. So a lot of it is at least think like a tour player thinks, which is a very quiet mind. And it's interesting on tour – We tend to get a little too enamored with people who are child prodigies. And, you know, there's maybe half the players on tour were child prodigies and half are late bloomers who came by the game. You know, it was pretty hard for them to learn how to play, and it took them a long time. So some of it is about can you persist? You know, can you delay gratification? Can you put a plan and a vision together in your head of how you're going to get good at golf and stick with it and keep improving even though somebody else two years younger than you is finding the game so easy it's ridiculous and beating you every time you tee it up. And I think a lot of it is it's a game of skill, so you better have a lot of patience and a lot of persistence and stick to it in this because it's a fairly hard game. Uh, I've played a lot of sports, and I would say golf, some of it's difficult because you're on your own, and some of it is there's just so many parts to it. You have to be able to hit a tee ball. You have to be able to hit your irons. You have to to wedge up. You have to pitch the ball. you got to putt the ball. And, you know, it's played outdoors, which is another factor. But, so, I mean, you deal with confidence, concentration, composure, commitment level. You better put a team together uh, and have some people that you can trust in. If you can't trust anybody, you'll really get in trouble in golf. I always use the example when I was a kid my dad bought me Bill Sharman on shooting for basketball. Every book that's ever been written on basketball since that day has agreed on everything Bill Sharman said in his book. There's no argument or debate over how to shoot a jump shot. The technique and the language used is the same anywhere in the world. In golf, you could go to a different instructor every day for the rest of your life, and they'd probably have a different setup, a different grip, a different ball position, in a different theory on the swing. So there's kind of a war going on on who has the best information on how to swing a golf club. And I think if you get lost in that...
2: That is Dr. Bob Rotella and part one of our interview with the world's premier sports psychologist. We'll take a break and come back with part two. Dr. Bob Rotella with us today here on Tea to Green.
1: That's 855-325-1780.
0: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
3: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
0: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to
3: tell him it's not your fault.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We are your top source for golf news
2: and entertainment on the radio, online, and on your smartphone. Lots of ways to listen to T.D. Green anymore. However you are listening to the show, we do appreciate it. Along with Jerry Evans, I'm Jay Ritchie. Coming up, we'll talk to Anthony Piappi about haunted golf courses on this Halloween edition of the big show. We continue now with part two of our interview with renowned sports psychologist, Dr. Bob Rotella.
3: Talking to Dr. Bob Rotella, sports psychologist. His new book is called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot, The Secret to Playing Great Golf. You mentioned the different components of golf. You've got driving, approach shots, chipping, putting. Is there one aspect of that in golf that is most affected by your mental approach?
4: Well, I'd say... (laughs) If you go across a lot of different players that I work with, I would say some guys really struggle with a tee shot. Some people really struggle with pitching. Some really struggle with putting. So, I mean, I think it varies. And even amongst individuals, it might vary across their career. The challenge is to get your head in a good place with everything. But anybody who wants to be a really good golfer has got to have their head in a good place when they're up around the green. So there isn't anybody on tour who doesn't really have a good short game. Uh, so, I mean, at some point, the easiest way to lower your score is up around the greens with pitching and bunker play and putting. If you add to that a club that you can hit in the fairway or in play with on your tee ball, you know, you got a chance to be a pretty darn good golfer. But even then, once you have the skills, the question is, can you go on the golf course or can you go play in competition and trust in those skills. So at some point, you have to trust it and believe in it. And, you know, and all that really means is all you do is look where you want the ball to go and let a swing happen. You're not trying hard to do it. You're just letting it happen. And that's why I use the phrase, it's like a horse with blinders on where nothing exists but where you want the ball to go. And, it, you know, somebody might call it an absence of fear an absence of doubt, and because, you know, you you post a score next to your name, a lot of people, you know, start fearing looking bad. And so, I mean, I think one of the things you learn as a golfer is you better play golf for your own joy and pleasure. You better not be out there trying to earn the respect and admiration of everybody else because no one else really cares that much about your golf game or your score. Even if they give you grief about it, minutes later, they're not thinking about your score or your game anymore. So, I mean, you really want to play the game for yourself and enjoy it. And, you know, that's a big, big piece of the puzzle, I promise you that.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, So many books you've written through the years. uh, This is like your 12th book. These themes and these ideas in these books are universal. Is there anything new that you put in your latest book as opposed to some of the early books?
4: Well, I've spent a lot of time in the first part of this book talking about the idea that you better aim high. I mean, I really teach you are what you think about yourself and you'll become what you think about yourself. Aim high. I mean, you know, have some big ideas in your head, whatever it is you do, whether it's golf or in your business life or with your family or with your children. I mean, it's like we all brag about being in America, and America is all about the American dream. And it's amazing how many people decide they just want to be mediocre or average. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot of it is getting people to say, look, what am I shooting for? Do I have big ideas? If you had a coach who told you, I don't care how hard you'd work, you're only going to be able to be mediocre. How many people would love that coach versus a coach who tells you, boy, with your talent, you could be really, really good if you apply yourself. So the first thing is to have a very – big idea in your head and some big visions because that's what gets you up in the morning, gets you excited, and creates the passion that you need if you really want to do some outrageous stuff with your life. And you know, I keep reminding people, look, it's your life, it's your game, it's your career, Uh, what do you want to do with it? And are you sure that's all you want to do? And I don't tell people there's anything wrong if they just want to be average and fit in and be mediocre, but most of the people I work with Want to really separate themselves from the pack and are trying to do stuff that's exceptional. So, I've spent my life studying the psychology of exceptionality, which is really all about how do you separate yourself from other people who are doing what you do. And you're always looking for an edge. And it just happens to be that the mind is one of the easiest places to separate yourself because anybody can have a great mind, anybody can have a great attitude. But they have to buy into the idea that is in all my books that what separates us from other beings is we have a free will. And a free will means we get to choose how we think. And, but it also means that we have to hold ourselves responsible for our attitude and hold ourselves accountable for our attitude. And so, I mean, all that stuff fits together. But in this book, you know, I really want people to really take a look at how good do I want to be? How far do I want to go with the talent I got? And some of it means you better really like your talent. Too many people start making up excuses, and the greatest cop out in the world is, well, I'm just not that talented. And I said, well, you know, you bring your talent with you everywhere you go, so you better like your talent. And then the second part of it, you know, I use some, you know, examples of Tom Kite and some other golfers, young and old, are you willing to persist? You know, some of it is, are you willing to outwork other people? But you better work on the right stuff, so I you know I do a chapter on how you can use statistics to guide your practice and your strategy, but you know if you're going to put a lot of effort into something, you know you better get good instruction and you better practice the right stuff the right way if you really want to see progress so I mean you know that's really what this book is about
3: yeah, so we're we might be talking about golf, we might be talking about other sports, but really. Lessons there are lessons that carry over into life is basically what you're saying.
4: Yeah, it's one of the most common things people, when they send me emails or text messages or letters about my book, is that do you realize how much this applies to life? It's not just golfing. Yeah, I'm very aware of it. I mean, it's it's a big key to life, and I've never really understood why every school in America Starting somewhere in middle school, why we're not teaching kids about attitude. I think people who are successful know what an important role or attitude, you know, whether it's believing it in yourself, having a vision, persisting, you know, putting the effort in, and being able to delay gratification are to people getting better at whatever it is they do. And it's just amazing that we don't teach it. And it's probably the biggest key. To people being successful. People would say, well, talent plays a big role. Well, you know, everything I write is that real talent is inside of people. And I don't know if it's in the mind or the heart or the soul or the human spirit, but it's inside of people. So you really can't see talent on the outside. It's, you know, it's something that's going on inside of people and you can't take a picture of it that really separates people.
3: The book is called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot The Secret to Playing Great Golf. It's the latest of many great books from Dr. Bob Rotella, the foreword in the book by Padraig Harrington, the recent European Ryder Cup captain. And we could go on all day talking about this, but we'll just tell people to pick up that book, pick up all of your books, oh, and and, and, uh, and go on from there. Dr. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today on T to Green, and uh, best of luck with this book and all your future endeavors.
2: Hey, thanks Hello. for having oh, me, Jim. Best, best of luck you. We talked in probably a year and a half. There you go. Dr. Bob Rotella, and his new book is called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot. How about that?
5: Well, I always try to, but sometimes I'm not able to accomplish that. depends on if I pull my left foot out when I swing the club, because then I end up hooking the ball.
2: This guy has worked with anybody and everybody from people like Pat Bradley, Tom Kite, Davis Love III, Nick Price, and lots of today's stars, Justin Thomas, Darren Clark, Jim Furyk, Padraig Harrington, and Rory McIlroy counted among his clients. And uh, if you pick up any of his books, you will find it full of great information like he just talked about. And, again, his latest is a a look at how champions think called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot. Yeah, I find it
5: rather interesting when he was using the example of, uh, like in basketball, how you shoot a jump shot and everybody pretty much understands the jump shot comes from your forehead and, and straight up and, and everything like that. But in golf, you can have several different golf swings. And we've all proven that on several occasions.
2: And confidence is so important in really. every sport. But, man, if you're standing over a golf shot and you don't feel good about the shot you're going to hit, you're screwed. That's <laughs> all there is to it. Yeah, you might run into a
5: few difficult situations.
2: <laughs> yeah, anyway, coming up, we've got... Uh, A ghost story or two or three for you. Yeah, our next guest will be Dr. Anthony Piappi, who wrote a book called Haunted Golf a few years back. Well, I find it
5: fascinating. I'm looking forward to talking with him about this because I've always wondered when you talk about haunted golf, I mean, what do you do? Throw some ghosts out there on the 17th tee
2: or something or maybe on the 15th green? We'll find out. Will okay. I All right. Yeah. All right. I wait. And wait, we're, we're not talking about just haunted regular 18-hole golf courses. We're even talking about haunted miniature golf courses. Is that crazy? Yeah. I,
5: well, I've always felt like there was a ghost there when I try to hit it through the windmill, you know, and you got the blades coming around. Every time I hit it in there, I was hitting one of the blades. So it's got to be some kind of unknown source or force that is there that's causing me to play lousy miniature golf. Some paranormal event on the
2: that's what people say about me (laughs) looking for any excuse aren't you (laughs) yes I am (laughs) Uh, Dr. Anthony Piappi will be back on the show he was last with us back in 2006 believe it or not
1: do you need to sell your home 1759. 2080. 4760.
4: I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, match. He did the, monster, match. the
3: monster match.
0: It was a graveyard smash. He did the match.
3: There you go.
5: I know who this is. Yeah. Ready? Bobby Boris Pickett.
2: Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kicker 5. The Crypt Kicker 5. I forgot about that. Yes. Perfect song to get us into our next segment on this Halloween edition of Tea to Green, the show by golfers for golfers. Uh, We're going to talk ghosts and haunted golf courses. We've got uh, author Anthony Piappi standing by. He's written a number of books, including... The Finest Nines, North America's Best Nine-Hole Courses, To the Nines, another of his books, and he's also co-author of a book called Haunted Golf, and that's why we got him on the show today to talk about haunted golf and haunted golf courses. Anthony, welcome back to TD Green. How are you?
6: Fantastic. Thank you for having me uh, on. It's been a while.
2: Yeah, you probably remember that song too, right?
6: Absolutely. I love that song. (laughs) It's It's got a great beat.
2: It's like ageless. There's, there's people our yeah. age that were, you know, young kids when it came out, and there's young kids today that they get into Bobby Pickett and the Monster Man <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the last time we had you on, we were talking about your book on the Finest Nines, North America's Best Nine-Hole Courses. Uh, now yep. we we go a complete 180, turn around and talk about haunted golf. These courses we're going to talk about, are they reportedly, allegedly haunted, or are they, have they been officially certified by people <laughs> who study the paranormal and can actually say, yes, they are haunted?
6: I don't know if there's such a thing as, uh, you know, like the seal of approval, but uh, we for most of them, my co-author, Chris Gonzalez, and I talk to people who had experienced um, paranormal activity at, you know, at these places. So as far as I'm concerned, it's real.
5: Can you give us some examples of uh, where people have reportedly seen or heard or something with regard to ghosts and yeah, haunted yeah. golf one, courses?
6: One of my favorite ones is I live in Connecticut, and this is a, it's a, it no longer exists, but it was Canton Public Golf Course. And uh, it was a nine hole, great little, great nine hole golf course. Uh, the clubhouse and when the the clubhouse was also the apartment uh, for the people that were running it at the time, uh, Walter Lowell and his wife and uh, they heard they heard this paranormal activity upstairs in the at night and it was essentially somebody it sounded like with a peg leg walking uh across the up upstairs above them, step and then like the drag of a foot and um, that went on for a month or a couple months or so enough to scare their dog that was afraid of nothing. And uh Walter <laughs> Walter gets so sick of it and Walter Walter's in his I guess probably early nineties now and Walter's one of those guys where I sat and talked to him, he get if he got fed up at something he would just, you know, take it head on. So he went upstairs and yelled at the ghost or whatever it was and uh, you know, announced that they weren't leaving and uh they, that that the ghost was free to stay and uh but they weren't leaving and they never heard it from it again.
5: Was it a pirate, you think? A peg leg? <laughs> well
6: there's uh there was a uh there was a story of not too far from where they were about a um during the Revolutionary War, um a French soldier carrying uh the pegs, gold and and coins to be uh to be brought to the troops that ended up getting killed and years later the the money never showed up and he was found buried um buried nearby very uh, underneath the the, the, uh, the inn that he had been staying in, which was nearby to, to Canton Public Golf Course, and there's a theory that maybe this was the, the, the French soldier. Or the other thing was the, the the barn was so old that people had stayed there for you know a couple hundred years. It was a main connection route between Albany and Hartford. It's Route 44, and maybe it was just one of the many people that had had um, you know spent the night sleeping on uh, sleeping in the in the hay up in up in the barn that's that's all pretty
2: creepy we're talking this yeah. <laughs> about haunted golf and haunted yeah. golf courses you got any other good stories for us
6: yeah, well the the one that yeah another one is the Otisaga hotel in um in uh cooperstown New york which is where the baseball hall of fame is and yeah. um there's a number of stories of of uh the staff the staff going to um to serve somebody out on a veranda or you know they see them in a chair and when they get there there's nobody there. Uh, there's definitely the noise on the other side of the room. I need to get this person out because we're closing up the bar and they walk in the room and there's nobody there but the the real piece of resistance for me is there's a the night watchman there was a guy at the time named Bill June, former marine um, tough guy doesn't doesn't like to be made fun of and agreed to sit down and tell me these stories but over the years there's a number of a number of um stories uh, and he definitely saw the same couple uh walking through the hallway at least i think he told me at least three times uh dressed in a period piece from the 1920s outfits uh, from the 1920s which was when the hotel was built and um, there was also a number of uh of inc- incidences of people hearing music to the point where they could hum the hum the uh hum the tune that the band or the group was playing And there was no music in the hotel ever. And uh, (laughs) there's, and this is the hotel overlooks the golf course. So there was, you know, Bill's got a story of standing out of the golf course one night and looking up and seeing a woman in a window. And this was during the winter, and the you know, the light was on. And this is during the winter, and the hotel had been closed for months.
5: You don't think that so that that, gets
6: that gets a little, you know, and he's kind of telling you this story. And this isn't a guy who's going to rattle easily. This isn't a guy who's going to make up. You know, at one point he said to me, I really don't care if people believe me. I know what I saw. Wow. You know, and,
5: That's and they, had, and they, they you... had, they had,
6: they had, the one that I like is, the other one I like is they had, um, about children running in the hallway and they went up and checked and there was nobody and the couple called back and there was nobody. And the third time they finally, the woman at the desk said to the couple, will you look outside and see if there's children in the hallway? And there was no children in the hallway.
2: Yeah, that reminds me of Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. That was creepy enough right there. Yeah. it seems like all of these are are these isolated to the East Coast, or are there other instances of uh, other parts of the country and
6: haunted oh, no, golf as well? They're all over. I mean, now the one of the really, the, I think one of the creepiest ones is Lincoln Park Golf Course in San Francisco, which it turns out um, was built on top of a cemetery, and nobody knew that. Oh wow! Um, yeah, prior to the golf course being built, there was a large there was a large cemetery there. Um, people were hired to move the to move the 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 coffins and the grave markers to a town nearby San Francisco that serves as the like the official burial place for all, everybody in San Francisco. And it turns out that all they did was move the grave markers, um, and they never moved the coffins. And when a building was put in adjacent to the golf course many years later, they started, um, they, they, they hit coffins and they extracted a bunch of coffins and went through coffins. And they brought in the the city's archeologist to help them deal with it. And so the, the, the course is built on top of, on top of, they think hundreds, maybe thousands of graves. And there's been, for years, there was hauntings in the clubhouse. Much of what you hear, um, a kind of a common story where, um, there's noise in a room, you know, oh, those people must have not left yet. We're closing up. we got to go get them out, and they open the door, and there's nobody in the room. <laughs> did it as serve the, as, a, uh,
5: as an example of uh, what they did in Poltergeist? Cause I don't know if you remember the, the ending of the movie. They had all the coffins where the, the housing development was at, and, and then all the coffins started coming up from the, uh, the ground and everything like that. Was that maybe an inspiration for that?
6: I, I have no idea, but it's 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 a really weird, I had played, I played the golf course before I knew the story. And it's just, it's really bizarre when you think about it, that they don't know, they know that there's coffins there, they just don't know how many, you know, and and people walking around, and they were saying like, when they put in irrigation lines, they hit stuff every so often, and they found bone fragments on the golf course, and they have no idea what's underneath there, and I'm just like, that's, you know. If it if there's going to be a place that's haunted, it's that place. You know, I just
2: oh my, I have enough trouble on the golf courses. I don't need to, <laughs> you don't need you to, know, to run into yeah. or ghosts or spirits or paranormal activity going on. Yeah, um, I don't
6: I don't need to be thinking about things like that, right? I mean,
2: yeah. I, I just and need to think
6: about my golf ball, not what am I, am I standing on top of a crate. <laughs> you
2: know. So these are regular eighteen hole courses that we talked earlier about uh, nine hole courses and even miniature golf courses that are haunted.
6: You know I don't i I don't think I've ever heard of a miniature golf course that's haunted we did Chris and I did a lot of research and you know tri- found some stuff you know on online doing research and talked to people who you know talked to people who sent us in the, in the right direction you know to to, um, to 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 get us these stories but I you know Canton was nine holes the most of them I think the all the other ones are eighteen holes you know and and um it's just, I don't know, it's really, it's really kind of bizarre, you know, um, to hear these people talk about it because they're absolutely convinced that what they saw, of what they saw. You know, I'm not doubting them at, at, in the least. Sure. But I've never had those experiences, and so I've, I can't really say, like, wow. But when you talk to people and you realize, you see the, the fear in their eyes, you know, you're like, well, they, something happened. You know, this wasn't just a one-off or a weird situation or a shadow. Something happened to these people.
2: Co-author of the book *Haunted Golf*, Anthony pioppi with us today on T to Green, talking about uh, a paranormal in golf. Got any more? We got a couple of minutes left.
6: Yeah, there's one. Uh, there's one in Kansas on the trip. Uh, I want to make sure I get the town right. Trails West Golf Course, where um, it's a it's a really you know kind of awful. It, it's in, it's actually in Leavenworth, Kansas, and. um what happened was, that there, there was people when the town was there. Well before the golf course, there were people uh, traveling west, and they were there in the town, hanging out. And before they went on, and unfortunately, two children went down to the river to uh, to get some to get some driftwood for a fire. They were swept away by the river. The parents assumed that they were drowned. Uh, the mother ended up dying. The father went back to Indiana, and. Uh, uh, it turned out that they got washed down the river. A Native American tribe that was heading south for the winter found them and then brought them back in the spring and The children survived and the The mother still the mother still uh walks the golf course at night as as legend has it you know for her children you know with a with a lantern and calling their name and it 's also um it's also where Fort, where Le- the Leavenworth Prison is, and the last mass execution by the U.S. Army of uh, prisoners during the Second World War. And there's um, there's stories of hauntings in the in the prison as well. So you have the prison nearby, and you have you have um, Catherine Sutter walking the Catherine walking the golf course at night with her lantern, calling for her children.
2: It's all there in the book called Haunted Golf. The book's been out a few years. Anthony, yeah. is, uh, can people still get uh, oh, yeah. copies?
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I bought some for some friends recently. So, yes, it's out there. It's, you know, go, I would always advise going to your local bookstore first, support your local businesses, but if they can't get it, it's definitely Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and all that kind of stuff.
2: Working on any new projects these days?
6: I am. I'm working on, it's going to take a while, but I'm working on the biography of Seth Raynor. Uh, the oh, golf course right. architect, yeah, uh, which is a bit more difficult than most because he does—he never wrote about his uh, his his craft, and he was rarely interviewed. I have about a thousand words of uh, quotes from him, so I'm trying to put together his life from what we can find. Now that most new, so many newspapers are digitized, we're really able to. I researched with two other guys, really able to find out where he was and what he was doing, and you know, getting to the courses where he worked and trying to see what they have about him. But it's going to take a while, but it's a biography that's, that needs to be written because he's such an influence on you know, people right up to architects like uh, Brian Silva and, and Tom Doak and Gil Hansen. All those guys are big fans of Seth Rina, so it needs yeah. to be written.
2: All right. That's Anthony Piappi. Anthony, thanks for sharing some ghost stories with us today for making our Halloween show a little special extra and scary. Thanks, Ben. Anthony, P- Anthony Piapi. Yeah, happy Halloween to you. We'll take a break. Back with more T.D. Green
1: right after this. (laughs) Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290.
2: That's 800-410-4771. Pastest hour in radio and the quickest hour in golf. It's to Green and another hour just flying by. Looking at golf this weekend, not a lot being played. The old guys, Champions Tour, off this weekend. The ladies were supposed to play in China, but that event there canceled due to COVID for the second straight year. Right. Uh, They're playing the Butterfield Bermuda Championship in the Bahamas at the Port Royal Golf Course. Do you see the wind they had there a couple of days ago? I heard about it, yeah. Something else. Uh, But going into the last round today uh, from Great Britain, Taylor Pendrith, a tour rookie, is at 17 under par after shooting a 61 yesterday. He takes a three-shot lead over Danny Lee, a four-shot lead over Lucas Herbert, and a five-shot lead over Patrick Rogers because of bad weather. The tour moved up to tee times for the final round, and they're getting set for coverage on Golf Channel just coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern time in just a couple of minutes. There was another ladies' European tour event uh, in Dubai earlier this week, and they played it at night. It was called the Moonlight Classic. On a lighted golf course, and Bronte Law of Great Britain beat Maria Fassi of the U.S. by one shot. It was kind of neat watching them play a lighted golf course at night. Did they use fluorescent golf balls? No, they just had. Uh, well, light, I understand light, they have light, the lights. lights but yeah.
5: Still, it might be difficult to find your ball. Well, if if you hit it where we
2: hit it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not good where they point. hit. It. Yeah, but it was it was very well lit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a great idea. It really is. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I'd like to see more of that.
5: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to participate in something like
2: that. Well, if there were more nighttime golf courses, I would never be home. <laughs> be on the golf course all the time. Uh, our thanks to Dr. Bob Rotella for taking time to chat with us today. His new book, Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot, pick it up today at a bookstore near you or at Amazon.com and Anthony Piappi as well to tell us about Haunted Golf Courses.
5: Yeah, that was scary, especially yeah. that part about the one that had all the, the the golf course on top of the cemetery.
2: It just sent chills up down my spine. You can find that at a bookstore near you as well or at Amazon.com Haunted Golf. That's it. Thanks to Scott Cuddy and Master Control. For Jerry, I'm Jay. Till next time, hit them long, hit them straight.